up, world? What up, world? It's your boy, the nonprofit sector connector, coming at you from the top of my house. Take a breath. Two flights up from the kitchen where I get my coffee and my mason jars of water. I make the trek every Friday morning, all the way up the stairs, just below the roof in my attic. Top of the house. That's right, kid. Top of the house. Top of the heap. Your boy, the nonprofit sector connector. The show is called Philanthropy in focus and focus is spelled p-h-o-c-u-c-u-s p-h-o-c-u-s i mean i know it's not in the real world but in my attic that's how we spell it why because i love alliteration i grew up in a era where we used to say a word fat and we used to put a ph in front of it yo that's fat kid that's what we and we didn't mean that kid was fat that isn't what we meant we were saying hey bro that is a cool thing a cool situation i don't know where i'm going with this part of the conversation but every week on this show i do a couple things I meet a friend, we talk about their organization, but then the two things that I like to underscore are, I help the leader of a nonprofit organization tell their story and amplify their message. And that's what it's about. It's about amplification. It's about getting loud. It's about telling stories. I'm extra fired up today. I'm not sure what it is. A lot of caffeine running through my body. Could be that. Could be that we're talking about one of my favorite topics horses and not just how horses are a great sentient being or how a horse is a great sentient being. But the collaboration when we bring nonprofit organizations who are involved in equine therapy, hippotherapy, therapeutic horsemanship, when we bring this story about how young people benefit, I will tell you this. I shared that um, that Lisa Gaddy was coming on the program today from Palomine, and my aunt sent me a, a like a, I didn't even know like how to get a message on Instagram. I do love Instagram, TommyD.NYC, if you're curious. And if you want to see my new dog, Cheeto, his Instagram is my guy Cheeto, just like it sounds. That is spelled correctly. My guy Cheeto. Check him out on Instagram. But my aunt Jeb sent me a note on on the, and I, I like I realized I saw it pop up on my phone as like a notification, and then I didn't know where it went, and I finally found it in the Instagram. But my cousin Taryn actually rode years ago out at Palomine, and I did not know that. So just so funny how worlds collide. I love my cousin Taryn. She's uh, Taryn. She's got uh, spina bifida. And, you know, I, I don't know, Lisa's nodding. I don't know if you remember Taryn over the, do you? No kidding. Oh, my God. How fun. I do, only because that's my daughter's name. Oh. An unusual name. <laughs> there, who knew? Who knew? <laughs> Worlds collide. Or or I don't, collide sounds rough and mean. How about waves come to, coming together in collaboration and the ripples? I'm all about the ripple effect. Love it. So, Lisa Gaddy is my guest. You heard her just coming in. Let me say hello before I just keep ranting. Hello, Lisa. What's going on? How are you? Hi, Tommy. I'm great. I'm excited about today. And I am too. I love I, sharing I, our journey. So I, I want to hear it. It's all about stories for me. I'm a, I'm a storyteller and especially a story listener. And I, as I was thinking, as we were starting and they were starting, it says, we are live streaming and we're recording. I did like a... I took a breath and I looked at you and I watched you do like a take a breath thing. And we didn't discuss that. It wasn't a plan, man. But we, I saw us both sort of like namaste you know, like let's get together. Let's chill out. Let's, let's arrive at the space we're at. So the space we're at is every Friday morning at 10 a.m. Eastern time. I do the show philanthropy and focus. That's where we are. I'm appreciative of the work you do. I want to hear the story as we always do on the show. And I prepped you coming up to the show. We do a couple things. We, we're going to talk about you, your background, your connection, your love of, of the, the horses, the animals, and how that evolved into what is now Palomine Equestrian. And then what, what does the organization do? I mean, I mentioned, I teased a little, you know, I said equine therapy, right? I said therapeutic horsemanship. What does that mean? Right? So who are you? Who's the organization? What do we do? And then where can we potentially help? What's upcoming? What events do you have? Shout out. I know you're going to be at Belmont. We'll talk about that. I expect to be there. I've been there a bunch of the last bunch of years. Uh, you weren't there last year because I think your daughter was graduating or something, right? That's right. <laughs> but like funny story. So we own, you, you've met my partner Ed over the years, but we have another partner, Vinny. And uh, you may not have met Vinny and this will go right in line with the story at your event last year. There was a, a flat Lisa Gaddy, a cardboard cutout Lisa Gaddy. And we've been joking a little bit with our marketing team. Shout out to the Spirit of Huntington, who does a lot of our marketing work. And I sit on the board there. Bring it back, Tommy D. But I, I was joking with them and, and Vinny, our partner, that we're going to make a flat Vinny. 
And we're going to take Vinny out because Ed and I are always out. You see us, everybody who sees us, Ed Probst and Tommy D out there doing the networking, running around, doing things. But Vinny is always back of the house taking care of things, running operations at Vanguard Benefits. So we don't get him out that much. And it was like, it's like in that, uh, it's like that movie, A Few Good Men. You know, you want me on that wall. You need me on that wall. Yeah, we need Vinny in that office. We want him in that office because that's really, he he runs what uh, and allows Ed and I to go out and, and do business development and do sales because he's taking care of our clients. Uh, so I need to get a flat Vinny and take Vinny around. But last year at your event at Belmont, I think there was like a recording of you speaking from the flat Lisa Gaddy, right? Is that right? <laughs> You know, anyone who has kids, Tommy, they, they all know about Flat Stanley because it's the kids that have to do that in third grade. And, and I just, um, I couldn't believe that I was missing my own events, you know, know. it's just yeah. so depressing to me. But at the same time, you know, you have a child. So um, what we decided to do was exactly what you just described. It was uh, Flat Lisa. <laughs> I love it. And I'm telling you, I'm sure if I go through my phone and my Google Drive, Google Photos, whatever, there's a picture of me with my arm around Flat Lisa. Because I know if it was happening right now, that's what I'd be doing, taking that picture. So I know Tommy D a year ago. In fact, I know him forever. So I would have known that that's probably what I did last year. So I have to go back and find that picture. But Let's leave flat Lisa on the side for now. And let's talk to regular Lisa. <laughs> Tell me, let's just set it from the beginning. I mean, I know if I look at my notes, you've had this love for horses your whole life. You're the founder and chief executive officer of this organization. But when I look at the notes here, involved with Nassau BOCES, involved with the school districts, even when we talked about, you know, we sort of prep and what could we talk about today? And, and the topic you said is how our education system is starting to think outside the box and use Palomines farm and staff to re-engage children and teens in the education system. So yes, horses, but you've obviously always had this love of education and, and working with children, I guess. So tell us about that. You know, I, I think it did start when I was uh, a little girl. I always rode. Um, I started riding when I was eight and I was a competitive battle racer, but really my love for teaching came from my mom because she was a special ed teacher in the Half Hollow Hills School District. And um, it started, you know, when she used to bring me into my class, into her classroom, when they could bring their kids, you know, in to see what their parents do. And, and I guess it, it was always something that I felt like I knew I was going to do. I wanted to teach from a very, very early on. And I, I'm sure my mom's love of teaching instilled in me. Uh, that same career path. Yeah. Um, and I just wasn't, my dad was in book publishing uh, because he was the VP for what, what used to be Doubleday, who owned the Mets, you know, way back when. And, of course. And um, I just never thought of combining the two until I was a freshman in college. And I, I got into college and I had two goals that I was really passionate about. I wanted to continue to compete uh, on the equestrian team, and I wanted to become a teacher. I just never, ever thought of combining the two until I received a care package from my dad, um, and he was super, super strict, and I went to uh, school at Mary Washington, which was an all-girls school back in Virginia, way back when, and he would use to send me these care packages every week. So as my girlfriends that I was living with all received like candy and really cool, cool things, yeah. I would be getting books on philosophy and all sorts of things. And I would be so embarrassed. I, I couldn't believe that my dad was sending me these things. And of course, it was his goal that I wouldn't go out and I would read the books. Right. Uh, that's so, probably what happened, right? You were probably and, home every weekend reading every, books. That was it. <laughs> that was it. So, of course, the books went under the bed, and I went <laughs> until um, this one Friday, uh, I received a care package, and it was the Daniel Steele novel, Palomino. Oh, okay. And, um, of course, because I was a horse fanatic, I saw the cover of the novel, and I'm thinking, first of all, my parents were super strict. So my first thought was... Danielle Steele, you know, she's like a real trashy novel. Yeah, romance? Is that like, that's like, yes. like, I, again, I, I, as soon as you said the name of the book, I, I got the connection to the organization, right. but I said, Danielle Steele, she's like, 
know, those are like risque. I, again, haven't listen, gang, don't judge your boy. I haven't read these books, but I do have awareness of things in the world. You know, I'm sort of like modern day Renaissance guy, right? Not a Renaissance man, Renaissance guy. But like, like those are those sort of novels, right? This oh, one yes. included or no? Oh, yes. So that's why my first opinion was my dad's lost his mind. <laughs> there no way he would be sending a novel like that. To you me. know what it is? I think I know what it is. He had realized that he was sending you all these books on philosophy and different things and you weren't reading them. So maybe he figured if he sent that book, you would read it. So the secret was that's what I thought except <laughs> that his secretary was a little bit more influential. And she said, listen, there's no way that Lisa's reading those. I'm going to send her a book that she'll actually read. Plus there was a, hor a horse on horse. the front. Yeah, yeah. So right from there. And of course I, I had no idea where that book was going to lead me in my own life, but it turned out that in the story, uh, there was a uh, main character who loved riding and she took a really tragic fall from her horse, leaving her paraplegic and didn't want to give up her love for riding. So she wound up, uh, you know, opening this ranch in Wyoming. The story continues and it was about kids with disabilities and at-risk youth. And it was two o'clock in the morning. I called my father. I said, I need to transfer. I know what it is. For the rest of my life, what I'm going to do, of course, his question is, have you been drinking? And I said, no, I haven't been drinking. I read the book. I, I can't wait to transfer. I know what it is that I'm going to do. And, of, you know, like parents today, my father said, absolutely not. Go back to sleep and um, call me when you wake up. Yes. So, what were you studying already down there? I don't know if you said it. Were you studying education? Uh, education. 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 Right. Okay. Uh, elementary ed. So um, I waited, I, you know, I was a pretty obedient daughter. So I waited that whole year that he said, wait, and you can come back and ask me after you're, you know, thought about it a year. And if you still have this drive, which I, I did. So it was the end of my sophomore year and I called him again. And he said, listen, Lisa, I don't know who's going to support this. So, you know, do you know how, what this is going to take on Long Island? And um, I was, you know, just kidding. And I just said, listen, dad, I'll, I'll be fine. I'm good. And we're going to get it done. So he, we transferred, I transferred up to St. Joseph's okay. right here in Patchogue. They had a phenomenal program that was, you could get dual certified in special ed and elementary ed. And they had an equestrian team. So it was everything I needed. And then from there, uh, I, got my degree and went right to work. Uh, and then the rest is history. But the vision gave me the opportunity to great, create Palomine Story. And Danielle Steele was actually one of our first donors. Get out of here. Oh, my God. All right. So we're, we got to take a quick break. I got to ask you one quick question. Even before we go to break, I'll break my own rules, even though they're kind of meant to be bent and not broken, I think. Here's the thing. What do you remember your dad's secretary's name? Uh, Joanne. Joanne. Is she, do we still know Joanne? Yes. She's been out to the farm? Uh, she's been out to the farm. Yes. I love it. Joanne, you're changing the freaking world. So cool. All right. And you, Lisa Gaddy, are changing the world and all your volunteers and supporters and board of directors and all those people, which we'll get into today. We will be right back. This is my mission. This is my journey. It's called Philanthropy and Focus. I do it every Friday morning until I do it more than just Friday mornings. Wink, wink, nod, nod. Here it comes. Tommy D is going to do the show all the time. But listen, today, it's just Friday mornings. We will be right back. Lisa Gaddy and Tommy D in the attic on the show. Bye. Are you a business owner? Do you want to be a business owner? Do you work with business owners? Hi, I'm Stephen Fry, your small and medium-sized business or SMB guy. And I'm the host of the new show, Always Friday. While I love to have fun on my show, we take those Friday feelings of freedom and clarity to discuss popular topics on the minds of SMBs today. Please join me and my various special guests on Friday at 11 a.m. on talkradio.nyc. Are you a conscious co-creator? Are you on a quest to raise your vibration and your consciousness? 
I'm Sam Leibowitz, your Conscious Consultant, and on my show, The Conscious Consultant Hour, Awakening Humanity, we will touch upon all these topics and more. Listen live at our new time on Thursdays at 12 noon Eastern Time. That's The Conscious Consultant Hour, Awakening Humanity, Thursdays, 12 noon on talkradio.nyc. on edge? Hey, we live in challenging, edgy times, so let's lean in. I'm Sandra Bargeman, the host of The Edge of Every Day, which airs each Monday at 7 p.m. Eastern Time on talkradio.nyc. Tune in live with me and my friends and colleagues as we share stories and perspectives about pushing boundaries and exploring our rough edges. That's The Edge of Every Day on Mondays at 7 p.m. Eastern Time on talkradio.nyc. You're listening to Talk Radio NYC. Uplift, educate, empower. Nonprofits need connections to move in good directions. So cut through all the static. Join Tommy in his attic. And we are back. I'm feeling very singy today. Going to sing some songs, maybe. All right, check this out, everybody. We're back. Philanthropy and Focus. Lisa Gaddy's here. So I was thinking as we went to break, what happened there? What if your dad didn't send you books, but instead sent you candy or some other knickknacks? What if Joanne didn't have the insight to say, let's get this book in her hands. She will read this. Right. So I Googled while we were at break because I knew there's this quote, Robert Kennedy. Some men see things as they are and say, why? I dream of things that never were and say, why not? That's a challenge for everybody. Right. Think about it, man. I've said it before on this show. I said it a couple of weeks ago. I was down in Walt Disney World. Uh, my sister had just been born. So I will just tell you that was um, 1985. <laughs> so we were in Disney World and there was a thing going on figment and it was this new character and it was a figment of your imagination we all have these little candles burning these little figments of our imagination philanthropy and focus was just that i guarantee that palomine was just a figment an idea right it was and the palomino the book turns into this vision for you so i dream of things that never were and say why not well why not robert kennedy because no one's done them yet so gang do the thing Lisa, let's get right back into it. You get the book, you get inspired, you come back to Long Island, you go to St. Joseph's, that's where you left us off. Sort of like we're writing our own book right now. What is the next chapter? What happens next? So I knew I needed to go to the classroom and start to teach to figure out, um, you know, how this whole thing was going to work. And I also wanted to take education pretty seriously to make sure that I had experience with all different populations because those are the, uh, you know, that was my mission was to be able to serve all different special needs populations here on Long Island. So I got a few jobs, I guess, you know, as teachers, you're not supposed to have your favorite population. Yeah. But I also, um, I really was just drawn to the high risk youth and the at risk youth. And I always felt like maybe they fell through the cracks because of some of their behaviors in classroom, but those who were in school suspension a lot or in and out of the criminal justice system. So uh, I was, uh, I worked at Madonna Heights, which is in Dix Hills, uh, it's an all girls facility as a teacher. And then went from there and went to Nassau BOCES and it was uh, boys and girls high school, again, you know, dabbling in the law and just really in and out of that system. And that's where I stayed. And I had a phenomenal, phenomenal principal who thought outside the box. And I, and that's why when you said in the beginning, the school districts are finally to, to be able to bring this program, this type outside of the box alternative program into a school system. It started, you know, almost 30 years ago now where it was that principal that said, how are you going to teach Edgar Allan Poe to 15 to 21 year olds who, um, you know, really have very limited academic skills. And I said, I'm not going to teach her 
teach Edgar Allan Poe to them. They need real life skills. And if you would allow me to put some of these kids into my car during the day and take them to my horse, I can teach those skills through horses. I know I can do it. And again, shout out to my principal and my assistant principal because it, it really started there. And those some of those young boys were my very first volunteers for Palamon. So so let me go back for a second. First of all, you know, listen, I, I liked reading Edgar Allan Poe. I, I didn't read most of the books I was supposed to read, but I, I did particularly like that stuff, the Telltale Heart, you know, was it, you know, and then the one, uh, um, the Pit and a Pendulum, and then the one where we gets that guy Fortunato, he gets him drunk because he owes him money and he puts him in the wall and bricks him into the wall. Uh, the cast of the Amontillado. The cast of the Amontillado. And if Fortunato and, oh my God, Poe was a maniac and cool, right? So, um, quote the raven nevermore gang so i just uh i i hear you so loud and clear because the system the way it's set up you know there's so much i want to say we got to talk about accessibility right i think i see you know i i'm raising four children right now and sometimes i'll get feedback you know that such and such is a bad influence in neighborhood and and i go such and such is a 13 year old little boy what are we talking about here? Such and such needs some help. He needs some support, you know, he, and, and here's this trajectory of life. One, sometimes this young boy, this young girl may not have the right influences, doesn't have the right guideposts, doesn't have the both parents in place, whatever, right? I, what you're talking about, like we don't, we, as a society, we're going to write off a 13 or 14 or 16 or 20 or 40 year old what like no let's give people the support they need and to your point i think reading poe or keats or james joy any of these is not maybe what people need we i need real life skills take me out there show me you care teach me something right like how I was able to quote some Poe, that's great. What is it? That's not really advancing my life, although maybe it was entertaining for people who are listening to this show right now. But, you know, like from a vocation perspective, from a, oh my gosh, people care about me perspective, right? Like I have an organization, uh, they've been on this program before. It's called Avenues for Justice. They're in the Lower East Side of New York City. So alternative to incarceration organization, Angel Rodriguez founded the organization in the Lower East Side of New York City in the 70s, which he tells me at that time it was like hell down there, right? Certain communities who don't have people to look up to end up in this system, in this, you know, in the criminal justice system, um, sometimes just because of lack of education, lack of accessibility, different things, whatever the case may be. We need, Tommy, put the soapbox away, please. But we need to do these things to support each other, Lisa. And that's what I'm hearing you say is you had people on your team, the principal and the assistant principal, that would, if I may, give you the latitude to do something different and, and explore, right? Because it's what you were doing and are doing at the time when you started this, it was not the norm, obviously, right? So you, so you got to give some, you have to have some people who are going to give you a little bit of, uh, you know, some, as I say, latitude to take some chances. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. And, and that's, I go back to, you know, and I stay in touch with, these people, because I, if it wasn't for them, then, you know, some of this wouldn't have happened. And I just feel like, as you said before, uh, you know, when we're talking about focus with a pH, right, you you need to, you need to understand uh, some of our different populations. And if you're not able to put yourself in their shoes, and I don't mean not hold people accountable, I don't mean, you know, not to have some natural consequences. I mean, you need to show up. You yeah. need to show up every day. You need to be committed and you need to be genuine and honest in um, your feelings. Yeah. So, um, and and then, you know, again, it, it works out and you can't save them all and not hear about saving them all. But just like that 13, who you, the 13 year old you mentioned to us, they're kids. It's they're a, kids. Yeah, it's a baby boy who's just trying to get some stuff going on. He's trying to figure it out, right? Like, you know, and I, and I, Again, because any neighborhood, you can hear the names. This one's a trouble. This one, really? I, I have a 13-year-old and a 12-year-old. You know, to, 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 to hear somebody else in my community write my kids off or something like that, that sucks, man. That's a, I'm upset. I'm sad about it because that, that means somebody needs a, a leg up. Somebody needs to 
kid is he's just trying to figure out what the heck he's doing you know and i'm not making this isn't even one kid i'm just making a you know this is an it's an archetype it's a profile the point is i want to hear about some of those early days when you did that outreach and you got connected to these young people and you got them into a program which is what us, most of us need is some kind of program to get us on a different path yeah and you know and it goes goes back to those horses because because the principal allowed me to do this i could already start doing characters character skills building so it's punctuality how important is punctuality how important is teamwork how important is responsibility and empathy and compassion and you know because the horses are non-judgmental and we go back to you know all of the groups that are doing adaptive riding and hippotherapy you'll hear us all say that same thing the bottom line horses are not only a sentient being but it's their non-judgmental attitude uh, that allows our kids to thrive because they live in the moment so we walk in to their environment and their paddock or their space and right away they read us mm. and they read us because they're prey animals yeah. and their job at all times is to keep themselves safe but we can use that to build all these character skills because horses aren't going to go near us if we are aggressive or we're anxious or we come at them with real incongruencies where maybe our verbals don't match our nonverbals, right. because their job again is to keep themselves safe. So there's no way they're gonna come near us if they are sensing that we're not really real or okay. Yeah. But because of that, our kids can shift their behaviors because it's in the moment and they see the horses like, hey, you know, what's wrong with this horse? They're not coming near us. Yeah. Now, instead of me saying, well, something's wrong with you, right? And so, well, let's talk about that. Mm. Let's see if we can do something different to allow the horse to feel more comfortable to come near us. Um, and it's, you know, with, especially with these populations, it's never about right or wrong. Absolutely never about right or wrong. And our criminal justice system and our educational system is all punitive. It's always punitive, right? And again, I'm not knocking the teachers. The teachers are doing a great job, our probation officers, all everybody out there, but the system is designed to be punitive. And because of that, when you walk into this environment, I don't really care what the kid did. I'm not gonna ask for a history. Right. None of us are gonna say, well, what'd you do to get here? It's all about what animal do you wanna meet? That's awesome. That's the first question. What a reframe that is, too, because that young person, man or woman, boy or girl, is coming to you, you know, at a challenging point in their in their history, right? And they've been in in you know in through. The, and again, I'm not making a you know a blanket statement. That, well, I want you to talk about the population in a second, so we can frame it a little better for folks. But they're coming, and they're used to everything being punitive and everything being they're talked down to, right? And every they're they're you know everything they do is wrong and and you know and so talk to me because it is is it an alternative to incarceration is it restorative what are we talking about when the programs specifically it's it's so interesting because some organizations who do the same work that does similar work that you do are really focused on the IDD population. You know, you're, and I, and I know you serve that population. We mentioned my cousin Taryn uh, at, the, at the front of the show, um, but it's also, this is great because we're in a totally different setup here for me, a totally different space. So how did that programming start? What age groups and, and how do these young people get to the farm? How do they get to your programs? Talk about that because, you know, somebody listening may have a young person in their life that's up against this. And yes. by all means, let's pause. Let's say this. How do they get to Palomine? How do they contact Palomine before you tell me what, I'm, what I just asked you? Just you want to share some of the I, I I actually looked it up myself on Facebook. It's Pal O Mine Equestrian. Correct. On Instagram, it's Pal O Mine underscore Equestrian, and on LinkedIn, it's Pal dash O dash Mine dash Equestrian. Or you can always send Tommy D a note at Tommy D at Philanthropy and Focus on dot com P H O C S dot com, and I'll get you hooked up. But what's the website too? Uh, www.palomine with the hyphens, P A L hyphen O hyphen mine.org. Dot org. All right. And then if they want to call the office and, and get some information, uh, the phone number 631 348 1389. 
Perfect. All right. So we're we're going to break in about two minutes. So we're going to set up a, a you know a conversation that we're going to come back to. But where where are these young people? How do they get access to you? How do you get access to them? So some of our partnerships are through the criminal justice system and the family court right here in Suffolk County. There are judges who uh, are using this placement to place these kids. And the goal of the program, of course, is to really have the individual's social and emotional needs met so that they can be successful with age appropriate academics and maybe to re-engage them into the traditional school system. So the first way is that. So a court, a judge will do a mandate to a school district to say you haven't, you know, this kid, this young man or woman is not being educated and let's get him to Palamine. Or it could be through Eastern Suffolk BOCES, which again is a placement and Eastern Suffolk BOCES is housed here at Palamine. That's a 16 to 21 year old program and they're getting all of their age appropriate academics and then they're pulled out onto the farm five days a week for a vocationally driven program as well. Uh, and, and then of course there's private referrals to you know, a lot of our kids and I, I hate talking about COVID, but you know, post COVID, a lot of our children are not going to school, social anxiety, all sorts of reasons that prevent them and they haven't been into a school I read that. Yeah, I, I, read, I read that in what you gave us as kind of talking points to get hit into today. And I, I got to tell you, just I, I got to tell you, I didn't even realize that that's a thing. So I want to talk about that when we get back. But I, I just want to. Oh, my God. You have the courts and the judges see that these people, these young people need additional support around social and emotional so they can potentially go back to school if that is their path if not there's a vocational opportunity eastern suffolk boces you say is on your at the farm so they can get education i mean it has been years since i've come out for a tour we must fix that because i love it we did that event way back when we talked about it the other day um so look I never try to make anything on this show about me. I mean, the show is called Philanthropy and Focus with Tommy D. How much more can it be? But that, the thing about it is I recently, and I share this openly because I think it's important, I recently have been diagnosed within the last year or so with ADHD, which I did not know I had. Ha ha. Everybody else seemed to know. But the joke about it is I was the last guy to find out. But why I say that is I, you know what, I went through school. I graduated from Chaminade High School here on Long Island. I was a decent student, right? Did but was you know didn't always focus was a crammer the night before the big exam that sort of stuff didn't have a good trajectory of like planning things out but i say this because i find and maybe it's because of the people i hang out with but more and more i'm finding adults who get recently got this diagnosis as a re result of a child getting the diagnosis one of their children not just any child but one of their children getting the diagnosis uh and i bring it up because we all learn differently I had a version of this that I was able to keep my head right, do the thing, college years later on, challenging for me more. But when you're talking about, I'm standing as we have this conversation. I have a standing desk. I move around constantly. If I'm in a meeting and like as an older gentleman, not when I was a kid and I was in somebody else's meeting, but if I'm in a board meeting and it's gone for longer than an hour, I get up and I walk around and I'm, that's what you, ha I, you have to do that. That's, that helps me. A young person they are there. It was used to be pretty restrictive in class. You weren't going to get up and and like, you know, take the last 15 minutes of the class from the back of the room now. But I think we're more open to that. We need to understand, Lisa, right, that people learn differently. Young people and old people learn differently. And we need to support that whatever means necessary. Right. Like the IEP, the individual education plan, all these types of things empower the family and that young person to get what they need not this cookie cutter version of how we teach people but this way of this individualized situation do you have any quick comment before we go to break on that because i just think it's so important that we we once we have these diagnostic understandings of people it's we support what that person needs and that's what a farm can do, a farm environment with animals. So we can do visual learners, auditory learners, tactile learners, kinesthetic learners. Mm -hmm. And then, and that's exactly what you just said. Not everybody is in this little box. No, I think it's funny. I think the people, we're going to go to break in a second. Dylan, hold your horses. Ha <laughs> ha, wink, wink. We're going to break in a second. But look, the I, my argument is that very few people actually fit in the little box and everybody's outside of the box, but we're treating everybody as everybody fits inside the box, but there is no box. 
This is Philanthropy in Focus. We'll be right back. I'll go look for the box. We'll be back. Are you passionate about the conversation around racism? Hi, I'm Reverend Dr. TLC, host of the Dismantle Racism Show, which airs every Thursday at 11 a.m. Eastern on talkradio.nyc. Join me and my amazing guests as we discuss ways to uncover, dismantle, and eradicate racism. That's Thursdays at 11 o'clock a.m. on talkradio.nyc. In a post-COVID world, you may have many unanswered questions regarding your health. Are you looking to live a healthier lifestyle? Do you have a desire to learn more about mental health and enhance your quality of life? Or do you just want to participate in self-understanding and awareness? I'm Frank R. Harrison, host of Frank About Health, and each Thursday, I will tackle these questions and work to enlighten you. Tune in every Thursday at 5 p.m. on talkradio.nyc, and I will be Frank About Health to advocate for all of us. Hey everybody, it's Tommy D, the nonprofit sector connector coming at you from my attic. Each week here on talkradio.nyc, I host a program, Philanthropy in Focus. Nonprofits impact us each and every day, and it's my focus to help them amplify their message and tell their story. Listen each week at 10 a.m. Eastern Standard Time until 11 a.m. Eastern Standard Time right here on talkradio.nyc. You're listening to Talk Radio NYC at www.talkradio.nyc. Now broadcasting 24 hours a day. Nonprofits need connections to move in good directions. So cut through all the static. Join Tommy in his attic. That's right. That's my Uncle Brendan, Uncle Brendan Levy. Well, he's not really my uncle, but I always said I love him like family, but he doesn't look nothing like me. So I call him an uncle because your uncles don't have to look like you. So he's business development, basically the ambassador for the Queens Chamber of Commerce and the lead singer of Damaged Goods, which used to be called the Goods, Lisa, back in the day when they were younger men. Now they call themselves Damaged Goods. So a couple weeks ago, they played at Bourbon Street uh, over in Bayside, Queens, up on the rooftop and raised a couple bucks for transitional services for New York, TSINY. In fact, TSINY had been out to Palomine years ago when we came out there, right? My friend Ave McCracken, Dr. Larry Grubler, all that stuff. I want to go back into really, uh, you know, it's kind of where we left off in the last piece around education. And just tell me about this. I got to be honest, maybe I'm naive or just not aware that some young people have not gone back to school yet. I don't even like, does that mean are they doing virtual school or are they just off the grid? What what do you mean? A little bit of both. Um, And some kids can't even do virtual school. Um, So their phobia is so high or they have been off the grid for so long that they're nervous to even leave their house and their anxiety has gotten to such an extent that it prevents them to be a functioning member of, you know, of society, basically. But we're talking, you know, 11 to 15 year olds, yeah. uh, which is, it's so detrimental. And then the longer they stay out, of course, uh, the worse it gets for them. So to get them to the farm, that's our main program right now where we're really pushing that 11, 12 to 15 year olds, where we develop this program to say, okay, Uh, Because, you know, that's basically educational neglect and you don't want to start to charge parents for their children not going to school, which, you know, as when you start to see the ripple effect, then then who gets involved? Then CPS gets involved. So you could could lose your children and and they they could be taken out of the home. You know, not to make a joke about this, but sometimes I can't get children out of bed in the morning to go to school. And I, I tell them that, um, well, who do I tell them is coming? We used to say this. Uh, I just said it the other day. Um, uh, the truant officer. I don't even know. I, I, I'm assuming there is a truant officer. I, I've, I've been, I remember people used to tell me that when I was a kid. But a, a, I don't think it happens like by 830 if you haven't been in school <laughs> when you're supposed to be there at 815. Although I have been known to say exactly that's when they show up. They're going to be here. Going to be here in about five minutes. But in all seriousness, though, it... it um, we have responsibility to make sure our children get to school and, and, but not, but, and there's a challenge with this because we, we all, I will tell you, Lisa, I experienced, I went through a quote unquote morning period through COVID of my old life. My old life was not being in the attic. My old life was always 
getting that dopamine that my beautiful brain wanted through all these new relationships. And these relationships did not mean staring at a monitor and a little camera on the top of the monitor. So I think we all, whatever our old life was, that is not what it is anymore. It's evolved. But some of these young people are truly, truly affected by it. And and just as important as, you know, the children, uh, there needs to be lots of parent training through all this. You know, no one, there's no, there's already no parental handbook, right? When you become a parent. Oh, Oh, I'm in it. I know. And everybody's in it for the first time and we do the best we can. But now uh, you up the ante a little bit and you have some challenging children for whatever reasons. and, and there has to be some parent training. So the districts, the school districts are actually paying for parent training to be here as well, which is wonderful. Uh-huh. You mentioned the IEP earlier. Yeah. So any you know child's uh, birth through 21 that's diagnosed with something has an IEP, an individual education plan. And there are all sorts of things written into there. And it could be parent training or it could be speech, uh, you know, PT, OT, speech, therapy or individual counseling, Um, not to mention there's so many other things. So the districts are really starting to recognize that and saying, what can Palomine provide our youth? You know, it's already a very, an alternative placement as they can, you know, as they call it. And I don't really like the word alternative because I feel like it gives our insurance companies an excuse to not cover things. So I just like, you know, it's a different placement. That's all. It's just a different placement. Yeah. And once they get here, then they're able to get all of their services met. And it's almost, we we joke around here, we call it like the a la carte menu. So whatever the children needs, whatever that child needs, they can get right here on the farm. Yeah. Like I say, excuse me, it's defined a little differently from other other farms that offer similar type services. You know, this is really an eye opening conversation for me and I'm sure many others who are who are listening and plugging in. Um, So what what does a day in the life sort of look like? I mean, it's like you say, you have an a la carte menu. It's like a cafeteria. You have all these options and choices. uh, But can you tell me like programmatically what it looks like. I've been there. It's been a number of years with the COVID. It could have been 12 years, it feels like, with COVID. But it's been five years, I'd say, since I came out for a visit. Tell me, give us a a walk down. And we're going to do a video. I'm going to come out and I want to do like a live like tour. We'll do that next. But tell me about it. So pretend like we're there. Let's let's be, I'm a visual person. So let's let's take us down the, the visuals. I think, you know, when you drive, when whoever's driving down the driveway, they'll drive down the driveway and they either get out of a car or a scat bus, you know, a a, a Suffolk County Authority transportation bus or a a school bus. And it really depends on what program they are here for. So 730 in the morning, school buses start to come. And that would be our Eastern Suffolk BOCES program. They go into their classroom, which is separate right on the farm, but a separate classroom. And it's that's the 16 to 21 year old program operating 7.30 to two o'clock every day, Monday to Friday. Then let's say a child or a youth or adult may get out of their parents' car and uh, they may be here for adaptive riding or hippotherapy or an unmounted program. And then they work one-to-one with an instructor and some of those children and adults ride and they have special needs. Um, or, you know, survivors of trauma or abuse. Um, And then we have our vocational program. So the SCAT system, a lot of, uh, they use the Suffolk County system, the buses drop our young adults off. And it's for those who have transitioned out of high school and are looking to dabble into the world of work. Mm-hmm. And they do an organic farming, a therapeutic horticulture, a farm to table, uh, what we call in the special needs community, ADLs, really focusing on activities of daily living. Um, and we set them up for, for a job and they are vocational interns and they get paid a stipend. Nice. And, um, and the common theme is, of course, really when we focus a continuum of care, our clients, you know, we've had the same clients since 1995. They started when they're five years old and now what? So maybe they want to get a job and maybe they don't want to leave Palomine. Maybe they want horses in their lives for the rest of their lives, but they want to do something different on the farm. Have you, so I have to guess, I mean, I don't want to put you on the spot, but I'm assuming some of those five-year-olds are now maybe employed by or some other way engaged and connected. Tell us about that. You don't have to names, but just the stories. 
Oh, the, I mean, I guess, and that's where the transformations come in. You know, yeah. so you really see, and, and a lot of people say, no, it's not a miracle. It's a miracle. I mean, they, they drive down the driveway. Someone used to be five, and now they're working here. Um, and they could be doing anything from mucking the paddocks to watering the horses to helping in groups. I, the, the, I mean, there's so many amazing stories. The stories that really, really I, I touch me only because of the at-risk population, they are, you know, come in here and they can't look you in the eye and they can't shake your hand. And, you know, their language is sometimes uh, atrocious. Yeah. Um, but now they're helping someone maybe on the autism spectrum. And that combination, you talk about powerful because it's some, something outside their self. And the, the word worthiness, you know, a lot of our young youngsters today, they don't feel worthy of anything. You know, they just, and their behavior sometimes comes from not loving themselves. And then to be able to care for another human being, you and I can do that, right? And, and but then you take our children who don't feel at all. I mean, they feel this small and then putting them in charge and say, listen, can you please help someone in a wheelchair? Can you please help someone communicate? Can you please carry the chicken for someone who can't carry a chicken themselves? Um, and and that that is a, that's a miraculous miraculous uh, thing that happens here almost every day. Yeah, it's been a while since somebody made Tommy D cry on his own show, but you're winning today, Lisa Gaddy, because I, I mean it's that emotion that you're changing the trajectory of someone else's life. And these young people who, as you say, feel so sad and small about themselves. Uh, I will tell you when I'm feeling down and I've said it on the show, when I'm feeling down, I go try to figure something out where I can help somebody else out, you know? And it's like selfishly selfless, I call it. You know, it's like, I, I want to go help somebody else out because I'm out of me. I'm out of this 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 head that never stops thinking. And, and I say sometimes, you know, um, if you've ever been to Grand Central Station, gang, in New York City, and the thing goes like, as the different train times are coming in, that's what it's like sometimes being inside of my head. And if I go help somebody else and get totally zoned in on what their needs are, I'm not worried about me. I'm concerned about supporting them. And I think that's what I'm hearing you say. And that is so super special. I am so, I have to come out for a visit. We got to make it like happen like in the next two weeks. It's yeah. really, it's, it's, you know, when we talk about that, that movie way back when pay it forward right yeah and, and that's what it is it's everyone here is just paying it forward and our oh. volunteers we have 85 volunteers a week and they come in and help you know the farm and maintenance and working with the kids and the horses and and when they first do this volunteer orientation i ask everyone you know listen there's four thousand not-for-profits on long island yeah. one worthy than you know yeah. more worthy than the next like what made you what made you choose Palomar out yeah. of all those not-for-profits? And they said, well, you know, we love children or we love horses or we can't wait to be out in nature and we can't wait to give back. Oh. And then when I polled those volunteers. They said, we thought we were doing it for us. <laughs> we have learned more about ourselves yeah. and more about children than anything. And now they get so much more in return than they actually give. Of course. And you know, to live your life like that. Oh, it's great. Again, it's great. Like, it's great. Seven years ago, you know, I, I'll tell this story quickly, and then we got to go to break, and then we got to come back, and we got to talk about the future of the organization, how we can help. I sound like the guy on the commercials that gives all the laws at the end of the commercial. But I, I just think, like, years ago when I bought into our firm, Vanguard Benefits, we we assessed who we really like to work with, and we decided we wanted to focus on nonprofits. And that's <clears throat> between that and the Lindy Lou Foundation, a memory of my cousin Linda, which although these things were – maybe a couple of years apart, I realized as I look back, hindsight is 2020, I see the roadmap leading towards where I am today and the things I'm doing. Uh, but it's very easily, we could have said at McQuaid's in Valley Stream, when Ed and Tommy and Vinny were sitting down, we could have said, hey, we really like working with hedge funds. Oh, could you imagine if that's who I hung out with all day? I hang out with people who change the freaking world and make other people's lives better each and every day. And I sort of say, I kind of am living the dream a bit. We will be right back. We come back. Lisa Gaddy's going to tell us about what's upcoming. It's going to be like the lightning round. I'm going to be quiet, and then Lisa's going to talk really fast. Philanthropy and Focus, right back. Hey, everybody. It's Tommy D, the nonprofit sector connector, coming at you from my attic. 
Each week here on talkradio.nyc, I host a program, Philanthropy in Focus. Nonprofits impact us each and every day, and it's my focus to help them amplify their message and tell their story. Listen each week at 10 a.m. Eastern Standard Time until 11 a.m. Eastern Standard Time right here on talkradio.nyc. In a post-COVID world, you may have many unanswered questions regarding your health. Are you looking to live a healthier lifestyle? Do you have a desire to learn more about mental health and enhance your quality of life? Or do you just want to participate in self-understanding and awareness? I'm Frank R. Harrison, host of Frank About Health, and each Thursday, I will tackle these questions and work to enlighten you. Tune in every Thursday at 5 p.m. on talkradio.nyc, and I will be Frank About Health to advocate for all of us. Are you a conscious co-creator? Are you on a quest to raise your vibration and your consciousness? I'm Sam Leibowitz, your Conscious Consultant, and on my show, The Conscious Consultant Hour, Awakening Humanity, we will touch upon all these topics and more. Listen live at our new time on Thursdays at 12 noon Eastern Time. That's The Conscious Consultant Hour, Awakening Humanity, Thursdays, 12 noon on talkradio.nyc. You're listening to Talk Radio NYC at www.talkradio.nyc. Now broadcasting 24 hours a day. Nonprofits need connections to move in good directions. So cut through all the static. Join Tommy in his attic. This is the lightning round i just made that up this is the lightning round let's get going all right we got a lot of things we got to cover in a little bit of time to do it i feel like um you know like that mad hatter in mary poppins you know I, he's running around he's got like he doesn't know what time it is he's got to go a lot to do he keeps checking his watch all right tommy be quiet let lisa talk so lisa what's upcoming from through your organization what events how can we support you how can we get involved i'll see you at belmont let's talk about that let's go Uh, All right, so let's talk about Belmont. That's our first big event. That's June 9th. It's held the day before the stakes at the Turf and Field Club. Um, That's a huge event. We're actually in our 19th year doing it, and it really gathers anywhere between three to 500 people uh, overlooking the track, uh, and it's uh, everything's on our website. So that's a great event, Uh, especially if you, it was started by two parents of children who used to come here and they have kept it going. So the room is usually filled with lots of attorneys mm-hmm. uh, and um, insurance and uh, accountants. Um, and it's just a really cool event to be very different because it's, you know, socializing, gambling, drinking. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so that's it's, it's been a nice day, like uh, weather wise. Hopefully it continues. The last few years I've been out there. It's always been nice that day, too, you know. Always. Yeah, always nice. So that's June 9th. Uh, June 19th uh, is our big golf outing that we've been doing for 15 years. And that is at Southward Ho in Bayshore, the Southward Ho Country Club. So come out and join us. We have, um, we actually, all of our sponsorships are taken. Yay. Um, Yeah, but they'll still take checks for other things. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Giveaway sponsors are always great. And uh, as well as um, tea signs. That's great. And then golfers. So if you want to come out and play, uh, the food's great. The course is great. I don't play golf. Is this uh, right on the, it's all on the website. I'm on the website now. It, everything's under, on the website. Yeah, under fun. So gang, go to pal-o-mine, M-I-N-E dot org. And then there's a tab that says fundraising events. And you'll see a day at the races, par for the horse. Oh my God, do I love wordplay. <laughs> par for the horse. Uh, golf outing. What's next, Lisa? Good. And um, September 10th, actually, I know it's a little far away, but a lot of people like to book their calendars. That is our community open house. It's $5 a person to get in. It's a four hour day on the farm. It gives you a real inside view of what it is that we do. Very interactive. All of our programs are showcased. It's something that little kids can come to as well as adults. And it really is to allow the community come and come and experience a day on the farm. What's that date again? Uh, September 10th. September 10th. Sunday. God, it's a Sunday? Sunday, yeah. That sounds awesome. I mean, that's just like, what a, you know, it's like, um, wow, come check us out and have some fun, you know, see the horses. And 
I want to be there for that. I, you know, I got yeah, it's a lot of fun. Uh, bring all the kids. There's donkey rides. You get to experience an actual uh, a cart ride by given by a donkey, and you can. Uh, it's very very interactive day. That what is a great like commercial for like just great way. I think you just use the word showcase to showcase all. Check it out. Come and see what we got. You need like a you know, like a carnival barker. Come on, come all like that kind of yes. stuff. Like, <laughs> if you need, if you need a carnival barker, maybe I got a guy in the attic I could lend you. You know. <laughs> what, so, so what else? How else can we help? Um, so anyway, our, we have one of the populations we didn't speak about was our military and first responder program. Yes. And uh, we are we actually do something called Fall in Fridays. So anyone who knows veterans who are in need of service, please send them our way. Um, it's all again, it is a uh, there's never any charge for our military first responders. So that's exciting uh, for for our that population. And um, there are always opportunities for corporate volunteer groups. So we do we do something called the equine assisted corporate leadership program. And uh, and that is where corporations come in and they want to build cohesion, maybe mm -hmm. mitigate crisis, uh, navigate cultural differences. Uh, even organizations use us to screen new candidates for new hires. Really? <laughs> uh, and that is a wonderful, wonderful program. But so that is a paid for program. But then where we can use our corporate people as well is we do these corporate day volunteer groups mm -hmm. and they come in. A lot of corporations want to give back to the nonprofit agencies which is a wonderful thing. It's a win-win. We get work done on the farm as well as they give back um, as part of their company, you know, mission. Philanthropic. I love it. Like that whole team building, nothing better than building a team when, you know what, you got the CEO with a shovel picking up poop. That's what <laughs> I tell you. You want to talk about a cohesive team, get the boss picking up poop. That's what I say. I had no plan. I had no plan to say that, but maybe it's having a new puppy. And that's always on my mind is now this poop picking up thing. But I, but in all seriousness, it's about that. You roll up your sleeves, you get dirty and then you go, wow, now we're working together. It's that the hierarchy shifts when we're on the farm, I would think. Right. Absolutely. Yeah. And you know what? It's remembering. It's so funny that you just mentioned that we did a big national training here a couple of weeks ago. And um, there was something that I didn't, that there was like a scent in the volunteer lounge. And, you know, I went to pick up the mop. Yeah. And I started mopping the floor and someone said, Lisa, you're the CEO, you know. And, but my comment was, you know, you never, ever forget where you came from. I mean, okay. and as a founder, yeah. you better be able to do all of that. 100%. You know? hundred percent. And I love that about leaders in nonprofit. We do have to end the show in a second here, but I do love that because of course we get involved. Of course we roll up our sleeve. What are you kidding? Like, that's what we do. We keep the lights on. We're, you know, often the first one in the last one out that whole thing, no matter if it's 30 years or 30 minutes that you founded an organization really quick, just shout out the website real quick. And then we got to go. www.palomine.org. Love it. Lisa Gaddy, your vision, your leadership. It is awesome. I appreciate you. I cannot wait to come out for another visit. It's been way too long. I'd love to volunteer one day. Maybe when you have those young, uh, young people at risk, I'd love to see if there's some ways I can add any value. And the rest of you all, do me a favor. Meet me back here next week. Matt Kudish from the National Alliance on Mental Illness in New York City chapter will be here in honor of you know it, Mental Health Awareness Month. Hashtag end the stigma. Hashtag your boy, Tommy D. I don't know if that's a hashtag. Make it a great day. I'll see you all later. Bye. Thank you. business owner? Do you want to be a business owner? Do you work with business owners? Hi, I'm Stephen Fry, your small and medium-sized business or SMB guy, and I'm the host of the new show, Always Friday. 
While I love to have fun on my show, we take those Friday feelings of freedom and clarity to discuss popular topics on the minds of SMBs today. Please join me and my various special guests on Friday at 11 a.m. on talkradio.nyc. Are you on edge? Hey, we live in challenging, edgy times, so let's lean in. I'm Sandra Bargeman, the host of The Edge of Every Day, which airs each Monday at 7 p.m. Eastern Time on talkradio.nyc. Tune in live with me and my friends and colleagues as we share stories and perspectives about pushing boundaries and exploring our rough edges. That's The Edge of Every Day on Mondays at 7 p.m. Eastern Time on talkradio.nyc. Are you a conscious co-creator? Are you on a quest to raise your vibration and your consciousness? I'm Sam Leibowitz, your Conscious Consultant. And on my show, The Conscious Consultant Hour, Awakening Humanity, we will touch upon all these topics and more. Listen live at our new time on Thursdays at 12 noon Eastern Time. That's The Conscious Consultant Hour, Awakening Humanity, Thursdays, 12 noon on talkradio.nyc. post-COVID world, you may have many unanswered questions regarding your health. Are you looking to live a healthier lifestyle? Do you have a desire to learn more about mental health and enhance your quality of life? Or do you just want to participate in self-understanding and awareness? I'm Frank R. Harrison, host of Frank About Health, and each Thursday, I will tackle these questions and work to enlighten you. Tune in every Thursday at 5 p.m. on talkradio.nyc, and I will be Frank About Health to advocate for all of us. about the conversation around racism? Hi, I'm Reverend Dr. TLC, host of the Dismantle Racism Show, which airs every Thursday at 11 a.m. Eastern on talkradio.nyc. Join me and my amazing guests as we discuss ways to uncover, dismantle, and eradicate racism. That's Thursdays at 11 o'clock a.m. on talkradio.nyc. You're listening to Talk Radio NYC. Uplift, educate, empower. 